So, remember back around FDIC when I said Hikes was coming out with a new state-of-the-art structural fire boot? Well, they did. And I had the opportunity to try it on. And I gotta say, it was really, really comfortable. The Fire Eagle Extreme boot is really kind of cool. The laces are a little different. Yeah, there's a lacing system that may take some getting used to. But it's a great trade-off to get such a good fit around the foot and calf. Trust me, this thing ain't going nowhere once you put it on, which is awesome in our line of work. So go check them out at HikesUSA.com or on their IG at Hikes underscore America and use code THESIZEUP, all caps, to save yourself $25 off your order. That's code THESIZEUP, all caps, at HikesUSA.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Size Up by National Fire Radio. Hopefully you're joining. Well, you know, you're joining me. You're tuning in. I don't, I don't even know what to say. These intros are the worst. I, and I say this now every week, like week after week. I got to get a better intro, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. But whether you're tuning in, you're listening, you're watching on YouTube, you know, I definitely want to, again, say thank you because all everyone out there listening is, is the reason I keep doing this each week because uh, it's just amazing. Uh, to know that so many people are listening and hopefully learning from the guests that, that I get the the privilege to interview here. So this week is no different for episode 33. Um, I have a, a, a gentleman on with me who's our, our path, our paths crossed, let's just say. We've never really officially met, which I say a lot, but our paths crossed due to, to social media. Um, and that's not even the reason that he's here with me today because our paths crossed again, crossed uh-huh. again with a good friend of ours that we're going to talk about here too. But Mike Coleman from the Memphis Fire Department and the Bluff City Combat Team, welcome to the Size Up, man. Thanks for joining me today. No, I appreciate you having me on. This is my first guest from a car, so that that's using a car, yeah. their, their backup studio. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. If if I was on shift, it'd be a little bit different. But I had some things to do. <laughs> it look it looks like a two door a two door pickup truck you're in right now. We could, we could... Oh yeah, yeah, it's the best truck ever. It's 2002 with 40,000 miles on it. 2002 with 40,000 miles on it. Yeah, the that uniform. is a win, my friend. Like how you can uh, keep that one going is is unbelievable. The, 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 the light mileage. I feel like I put 40,000 miles on a car in a year here in New Jersey. So. Oh yeah, I bet you do up there. What what kind of a truck is it though? Now that I'm gonna it, ask, because it's it's a single cab F-150. It was my wife's grandfather's, and I was gifted it uh, via my my father-in-law. And he goes, "Here you go. You want a truck?" I said, "Why not?" Well, that so is perfect. Great. It's not a it's yeah. not a Dodge Ram though, like I drive, so I have to be against it. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but but it sounds like, like a great it. way to get a truck. So right. And now everybody's like either hates me or hates you because you have a Ford and I have a Dodge. So we pretty much split the interest. You got to have the haters somewhere, I guess. <laughs> that That is true. That is true. So let's uh, let's get into your story a little bit. You know, how did you get into the fire service um, whenever you got into the fire service? Um, so I started out my whole you know journey, college career and stuff at the University of Utah. And I was for architecture. I did a year, about a year, year and a half. And figured that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I have a cousin who was a fireman, a Memphis fireman, actually. And he would always tell these awesome stories of, you know, him being deployed with USAR and everything like that. And so it got to the point when I was frustrated with architecture where I was like, you know what, I want to do that. So it was literally just a flip of a switch. And so I started going to a fire college uh, in Orem, Utah. And I got my all my EMS certs, my fire certs there. I worked for a few part-time departments. 
up there before I moved back down to Memphis because I'm originally from this area. And then uh, I've been I've been assigned rescue two for a couple years now. But uh, I mean, I love it. I'm going on my my nine years down here anyway. And how long? So uh, it's always interesting. You know, you're from Utah and you said you went to fire college. So is that how things kind of work there where you're able to get all your certs through a college or? So there's there's different ways to do it. And I kind of when we went up there and competed, I kind of had a a talk with some of the guys up there because they were asking how they get into fire stuff. And uh, I said, look, you have one or two ways. You have departments up there that have their own academy that they give you certifications that way. Or you have regular college students who pay this amount of money and they get IPSAC and pro board certifications um, and EMS as well. Uh, and so that, that's the route I took because I didn't know how to start it all, but you can have Joe Schmo off the street um, right out of high school can apply to any of these bigger departments and they can get the certifications that way. It's actually really strange too. And, and it's just crazy how my life works. I have a friend uh, here in New Jersey whose son is recently asked about getting hired in Utah. And I'm like, I do have someone out there that I connected them with, but I didn't know that's where you were from. So it's those, those weird connections in life that you can be like, Hey, look, now I got someone else to explain how this may work or work differently. Because I don't think a lot of people and a lot of my listeners are outside of the the fire service. So, you know, it's just so different everywhere you go. Right. And it's more amazing uh-huh. that you were able to take your stuff from Utah and then bring it to Memphis. Right. Uh-huh. Did that mostly translate or no? It did mostly translate. I still had to go through some type of academy, but it was really expedited. Um, this is before lateral was a was a thing. And so I pretty much had to sit through the academy. And I mean, I already had all my certifications. And so you had everybody else who would just apply normally. And they had to go through the whole process. And they had uh, fire school and then they had to go back for a couple of years of EMS. And I just got to go straight out to the field after we graduated. So it's always a win to not have to sit through more school. Not that oh, school yeah. is bad. Not that school is very good and education True. is important, but it's much better to get out in the field as, as fast as you can, especially in this service, because when you're new, mm-hmm. you just want to work, <laughs> plain and simple. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's. I've never been a huge fan of the whole lecture by, you know, death by lecture and stuff like that. And so I'm a hands-on person. So I was I was ready to go go get to work. I would feel like architecture architecture school would be death by lecture a lot. Oh yeah, it was it was rough. I thought it'd be like like my grandfather they they had the big boards where they had the pencils and the papers all that kind of stuff, but everything was all computers and everything. I was like, I just it's not I'm not into it. Yeah, it's definitely something I've never even bothered to look at aside from you know thinking uh-huh. of the person with the big board sitting with a pencil drawing a building yep. type of a thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I would I would think too there'd be a lot of math in that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very math heavy, which really helped me in the fire service once you get into the technical rescues and stuff like that. But I mean, it just it just wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't what I thought it was as an 18 year old going to college. I said, oh, this is going to be great. It's just, you know, play to my my skills. And I figured out, no, I don't have the patience for it. It's such a big thing, too, with kids, you know, and being a dad and having kids soon to be at that near college age, you know, where you have to pick, you don't have to pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life, but you're expected to make this humongous decision at 16 or 17, where, you know, now at our age, we know, you know, absolutely nothing about life at that point. And I see a lot of folks who are in debt now from that, which is a whole nother, another problem, you know, and catching it early, it seems to be the win to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the way I was told about it 
right when I started out with the whole college thing was your first year, year and a half, my parents anyway, they, they said, well, you're, you're really figuring things out. And I thought I was, I was right the whole time. I was like, I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They were right because I was a totally different way. It's so true, you know, and, and I think we're seeing it, especially in the fire service, at least here in New Jersey, where we're hiring uh, people who are older by older. I mean, like in their late twenties, early thirties, who kind of did the college thing and decided whatever they did the college thing for was not for them. And then they kind of uh -huh. stumble into the fire service, I guess, or, or, you know, decide this is really what's right for me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of my, one of my teammates, he actually had his master's in teaching. Um, he started out, he was in, I think, theology and somehow he got into being a paramedic. And then now he's an instructor at the academy. Um, and he's actually testing for uh, EMS lieutenant and fire lieutenant. And uh, he tested last week for fire lieutenant. And in two weeks, he'll test for EMS lieutenant. So he just stumbled upon this world and he just loves it. It's great, though, too. And, and this has been a big thing on social media recently, uh, I think in the world, but definitely in the fire service world that, you know, our newer recruits or our newer people entering the fire service, they're very different than they were 30 years ago. And when you think about that, they were different 30 years ago than they were 30 years before that. But we're getting folks, like you just said, someone who was in school for theology and education, but he's already doing some instructing in the fire service. So he's able to take some knowledge that he got about a totally different subject and bring uh -huh. it to the fire service. And, and watching people grow like that is just amazing to me. Oh, absolutely. It's a uh, fire service is very versatile. People think it's just wet stuff on red stuff. And then you're all chilling out in the, in the, in the bay or, you know, kicking it or washing their cars, whatever it is. But there's so many different venues to where, you know, we really help, I guess, you know, make a foundation for the community. Yeah. And it gives that ability to do almost anything, you know, depending on the department you are in, you know, even with, with education and, and you slid the community in there where we're doing public education for the community in some departments that are teaching CPR, they're teaching what to do if there's a fire in your house. You know, I know uh, we do a lot with the seniors where I work, where just talking to senior citizens about what to do if there is smoke in your house, you know, where you should right. be. And that's a whole part of it. And you take someone, again, like your friend with the education degree, they kind of can even teach us how to teach other people because that's a huge part of uh, education. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I guess, on the, on the opposite spectrum of that, we have a couple college athletes that have, that have helped really shape, like, our, our athletic um, – I guess our athletic drive with just the recruits, they've really changed some things as far as, you know, helping different types of training. Cause it's not like how it used to be, you know, jumping jacks and pushups. That's all you did. He ran until your feet fell off. Now there's a whole different switch of change of things. And so it, it, it's been good to have a different influx and different uh, perspectives from all over. Yeah. And to be able to take their knowledge again, like, you know, that sports performance, not sports performance knowledge. I'm like, my words are killing me today. I'm like the worst host ever here. But um, and bring that that type of knowledge to, again, uh, making firefighters better. Um, if you go back and listen to episode 30, let me look through my notes here so I don't pick the wrong one. 31 with Rick Roman of the FDNY CrossFit. You know, he went to college for sports performance and education. Uh -huh and was a performance coach and worked with some companies and things prior to getting hired. And that's exactly what he's talking about, taking those new found ways to make us healthier and better and bringing them to the fire service. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, 
I love how it's ever changing. Now you have the old heads that won't ever change, but you have this, like you said, the newer generation is coming along where they're constantly introducing new ways and they're doing their own research and trying different things out. And they're bringing them to us and be like, Hey, look, we should, we might want to try this way. Cause I've seen this, that, and the other. And then we start trying them and there's better, more efficient ways of doing anything. Really. If you think about it. There's a video that was floating around the internet a few years ago. I want to say it was a St. Louis Rams coach who was kind of an older gentleman, let's say, mm -hmm. their coach, and he was watching all the guys stretch. And he's they got him on mic, uh, mic'd up or whatever, and he's saying to one of the other players, like, who do you, who do you think? These guys stretched the day they stormed the beach in Normandy. We're out here spending <laughs> the time stretching. And then, look at these guys. They were storming the beach. They didn't stretch before they did that. Uh, and they didn't right. worry about that. And again, it's just that. Uh things have changed and we've learned that you could be a little uh, healthier, let's say, than what was going on there to, to keep it going. Right. It's that same type of theory that, you know, why not learn from, from what you can do? And uh -huh. there's no reason to run people until their feet fall off anymore. Uh -huh. It's really just set, set people up for success, whatever it is. And it's really just, if you set the foundation, right, you don't automatically put them on the receiving end of something negative, be it like, you know, fitness or, you know, training or, um, any type of academics, you know, it's the same type of thing, setting the stage for these people or these recruits or academy, any, anything at all to where they can actually do well. Yeah. I love getting new recruits that just came out of our academy because they teach us things because I haven't gone back to the academy since I went to the academy a very long time ago. I've taken right. classes and things and learned things, but when they learn it, they're just so fresh and they come oh, to yeah. you and they're even more shocked when you're like, wait, teach me that. Show me how to tie that mm -hmm. knot that way. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, no one ever showed me that before. Or, or what you can right. do with webbing. Like if you think about when you got in the fire service or I got in the fire service, what we used webbing for, as opposed to what they're using it for now. I'm like, show mm -hmm. me how to do that one more time, please. Right. Just, just everything. Yeah. We have a, we have a newer guy who just got introduced to the special ops program. He's assigned into 29 on a different shift. And he's actually on the team as well. He uh, he comes in and he's he, we call him the golden retriever because he's just always just ready to learn and he's learning new things and bringing them to us. But like I saw this on YouTube, I saw this on what Facebook or whatever one of those pages he follows, and so it kind of keeps us on our toes because I mean they might find something that's way more efficient than the way we do it. So it constantly has us looking to see what the next step is. That, that is one of our favorite like rainy day drills because we can do it in the TV room too, but we just throw on YouTube and type in firefighting and do like most recent searches and uh -huh. see what comes up. Uh, some episodes are firefighter, firefighting gone badly because you watch people and you're yeah. like, whoa, that's, yeah. you have to learn as to what those folks could be doing. And that could be very right for their situation, but you have to compare it to your own situation. And newer mm -hmm. learners are definitely learning. I just know from my kids alone, the things they learn on YouTube, that's the way people are learning now. And yep. you have to flip the script as, script as to the way you're learning as well to make that better. But I think that's a huge part of this. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, so we recently had a line of duty death and it was about a month ago. And I had a lot of people armchair quarterbacking it. And I was there. And I was like, guys, I'm sorry, you can YouTube it or say you've done this, that, and the other, but when it comes down to brass tacks, you got to do the best thing you can. Yeah, I mean, and again, listen, see, I never, I, I always say, like, I don't want to armchair, armchair quarterback things, but I do. Everybody does, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, and yeah. 
it's you weren't there so you can look at it now and say oh we wouldn't have done it that way but you never know what you would have done when you were there but even the right. fact, and, and even you guys in, in your situation um i'm sure you've learned some things from what happened that day and that's a big problem oh, yeah too. yeah no there's definitely some shortcomings and uh luckily the command staff is being very proactive about it and trying to circumvent problems like that in the future um but it, it, it's it's all just trying to learn. And luckily, we're being more progressive about this, you know, rather than just being like, oh, just reactive. Yeah, and that's a huge part of it, too, you know, reaction versus progressing forward, where it's mm -hmm. easy to just yell and scream and stomp mm -hmm. your feet in the ground or say, oh, this shouldn't have happened, but it did. And how are right. we going to make that better until the next step is a huge part of it. Right. So, I mean, it seems like that's the direction you guys are, are going in. And again, it's just mm -hmm. learning of it all, you know, that I think is huge. It's, it's almost like this has become the education podcast that it wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the route it decided to take. <laughs> I told you, we didn't know which way we were going to go. We're not even into to how you started the combat team yet and, and things like that. But I think right. that's all part of growth, too, is is learning that you can try new things, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's. I kind of tell you how how this came to be the whole combat thing because it's it's been just a whirlwind of everything that's been going on. So we were sitting in the bay last year. It was I want to say February, and something popped up. Um, actually, it was from FDIC. We got a notification that Pensacola was doing a combat challenge, and their version of the combat challenge is on the beach. So no stairs, but there's just sand everywhere. So it is horrible. But start talking about it. My driver now he goes. I said, it'd be really cool to, um, you know, do this competition. He goes, well, why don't we just do it? I said, you know what? You're right. And so that, that's all it took. And I mean, it just took for me to click and be like, we should do this. We're, we're the eighth biggest department in the country. Why are we not doing more things like this? And so we started that competition and come to find out um, Memphis had a team about 21, 22 years ago. And at one point they were, you know, world champions and stuff. And, so that's kind of unraveled a whole bunch of, you know, a big old ball of yarn, figuring all the old guys want to compete with us, which they're, they're going to. Um, and then they've helped us along the way. And, man, it's grown into something crazy. I never thought in a million years that we'd be on the main stage and compete against these big teams and put up a pretty good fight and sometimes coming on top. It's so amazing, too, because I kind of met you around the formation of your team, um, again, through social media. But when you think about it and to make a successful team in anything you do, it's going to take passion. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. Did you even think it was going to be half the commitment it was when you were no. sitting there with your driver? Like, oh, let's do it. Let's roll down to Pensacola. Check it out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And my wife, she she has days now. She competes now, too, because she's a nurse. And first responders can compete in the competition. But in the beginning, it was horrible. She hated me talking about it all the time, training about it all the time, just thinking about it and this, that, and the other. But now, I mean, we're, we're, we're the same person, you know? And so it, it took a while. It's a lot of growing pains, but it, like you said, it just took a, a couple passionate people. And luckily we have, I think it's three out of the six original founders still competing. And so, I mean, we're, we're just constantly pushing it to the next level. And too, when, when you do something like that, it almost becomes a little infectious where I'm sure now, you know, if you have three out of the original six, but on top of that, how many other people were like, oh, I was thinking about doing this. Can I have, mm -hmm. can I do it too now? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think now our roster is 
We have 12 going to nationals um, in September, and then we have two more going to worlds. Uh, they're only not able to get coverage just because they're so new on the department. But so I think last year we had a total of 17 and this year 15, but because of classes and stuff, people had to drop out, but they're, well, I've already talked to them all and they plan on coming back once they get their, you know, paramedic license and stuff like that. And so uh, it, it's been just crazy. We now have a dispatcher, the first ever dispatcher to compete. And uh, we, we got our gold medal up in, uh, up in Las Vegas, which that was, that was a first for them and they loved it. But uh, my wife, and um, the dispatcher are going to try to run a tandem at one of these upcoming competitions. And they said that'll be the first ever first responder only uh, competitors to compete as a tandem. And they're, and they're both females as well. So I was unaware to, uh, well, I guess everything changes a little bit. And I know that the, the combat challenge has changed a little bit when it came to mm -hmm. recently sponsorship and I guess how it's run or where it's run. And, and, you mm -hmm. know, I've, I've never done it. I've seen it done a lot. Um, mm -hmm. one, there's a few reasons why I've never done it. Uh, one is my wife saying that you can't do that because I'm not going to listen to you talk about it or watch you mm -hmm. put yourself through what she's watched me put myself through when I decide to right. take my challenge, which is a big thing because it's not yeah. just, it is, you can just show up and do it. Anybody yep. can show up and do it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cause, absolutely. Because that's what folks say to me. I know at FDIC, they kind of have like a try it out day. Do they do that at, at all the places or... Um, so FDIC is, is, is the big opener and obviously we have the main stage because everyone around from the world is there to watch us do it. And they have a little bit where you can, you know, go play with some stuff, but I mean, you're right. Us as firemen, we don't like to show up, you know, half cocked, you know, you, you want to, you want to go all out. You want to be prepared for it because no one wants to go on the main stage and fail in front of everybody. This is true. And so, uh. It's the competition has changed. We started last year, then they rebranded for this year. Now it's the Firefighter Challenge League. Last year was combat. Um, and so they tell us that before every competition, you guys are uh, professional athletes. And I said, I don't know if I want to be professional. I'm amateurly professional or pro professionally amateur. Well, I think too, you know, and, and, and we talk about that a lot, you know, firefighters as, as athletes and tactical athletes, mm -hmm. and, and that word gets thrown around and then people want to compare us to athletes and it's a little different because when you're a professional athlete in any sport, you know, that is your main goal, right? Is that professional athlete in that competition where you guys, one of your large goals is winning that competition, but you also have all the firefighting end of it, all of our mm -hmm. career end of it. And I feel like that's always going to be first. So it's kind of a hard comparison to me. Oh, absolutely. And we have a lot of people who come out and just train with us. Um, people who don't want to have no interest in competing, but they know that it'll help them one way or another. And I tell everybody, I said, if you have any indication in your mind about coming out and just trying this, come out and try it because it'll, if you, you just practice with us, we'll send you home to your family better off. Yeah, you're going to be fitter, healthier, better for the job, better for your family, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, not a lot of people, or I mean, not everyone can go to the gym and spend two or three hours lifting weights, you know, that, that doesn't interest them. But when you give them a goal to compete for, it's, it's something different. Like we have the course set up almost every day because we're, you know, in the middle of the season and stuff. And so I tell people, if you think about it, you know, as soon as the academy gets out and that field is ours, come out there, run it. You do You want to do the Kaiser? Fine. You want to do the dummy drag? Cool. You can do whatever you want to do. You just have to actually just show up. That's it. All you need is boots and gloves and we got everything else. And, and I think too, early on when you and I were talking, you know, it kind of amazed me how you said people were just coming out because they wanted to work out with you guys too, mm -hmm. not run the course per se, not ever compete, right. but mm -hmm. 
but they knew that you were fitnessing and they mm-hmm. wanted to come out and be a part of that. So that's one of the things that when you, you think about just having a goal, whether it be to do the firefighter challenge, run a 5k as a team, do mm-hmm. any one of the 8 million obstacle races out there, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, you're going to want to train for that. And that's going to attract more people. Oh, absolutely. And, and the group mentality really helps. Even when you go to a competition for your first competition, you can ask anybody. Um, everyone there is rooting you on. Like it, you're, you're, in the, you're in the trenches. It's the worst feeling in the world. Your brain's about to shut off. You're about to pass out, whatever it is. You have everyone there on the course rooting for you. And it's, it's totally different than you, you know, getting beat down by your, your, you know, your, your competitor. Because your competitor will finish their race even if they're a mile ahead of you. And then still come stand next to you and, re- and cheer you on. Like that, that's what I love about the competition. That's what really got my wife hooked. She started out just doing the civilian because you know, it's different weights and everything like that. And she goes, the people cheering me on and rooting me on, that, that made me feel like I was, I, was, I was wanted to be there. You know, it's not like the stigma of these big gyms where they just show up and, you know, everybody's looking at you like, oh, they're lifting more weights than me. No, this one, everyone wants everyone to succeed. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it because the people that are watching are in our community. I mean, I know I've watched mm-hmm. enough of the competitions at, at FDIC or, or a few other places, and you can see that just in people's faces on the sidelines, mm-hmm. they want you to succeed. You know, I've seen a few people fall uh, on the dummy drag, and mm-hmm. I've seen people get up and be able to finish, and I've seen people not be able to finish. But the cheering doesn't necessarily change for either of those people. It's not a failure that you didn't finish. It's just, Uh hey, you know, you have to train harder for next time or whatever it may be. But the competitors and the fans are still out there, you know, with that positive reinforcement. Absolutely. And and you have people that that are competing and they're like, oh, I'm not very good, this, that, and the other. And if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, I tell everyone when you go out and they don't do how they want to, you're better than 95% of the people watching right now because they don't have the courage to come out here and at least give it a try. I mean, it it doesn't take, it it doesn't take anything to just come out and just be part of a relay. So a relay is five, five different people up to five, three to five, and you split the course up however you want. And so we have some bigger, bigger fellows that are really talking about doing this. And they said, where should I start? I said, just do the hose drag. All you gotta do is pick it up and run you know, 75 feet or whatever it is all out. I need, I need 15 seconds of burst energy. That's all we need for me. That's it. And so they, they think it's this long drawn out process of, you know, you're out there grinding and this, that, and the other. And I said, you can show up to competition and just do that one part and you'll feel it. You'll get hooked. I got a guy for you, actually. He claims he has breakaway speed. One of the guys on my company, uh, we, we got challenged to, to race like a 14-year-old at a, a community event. And he's like, I think I mm-hmm. could take him. I'm like, I don't think you could take him. He's like, no, breakaway <laughs> speed. And I'm like, you may have had breakaway speed a long time ago, but it's not 14-year-old breakaway speed. But hey, go out there. Yeah. You, you could do what you yeah, need get, to do now. You got those fresh legs and knees with 14-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that kid's going to crush all of us. But you, right. you, you, people don't think of it that way, right? You think of it as the whole uh, mm-hmm. event. So all five events are there? There are five different yeah. sections of the course? Yes. So when people think of the Combat Challenge or the Firefighter Challenge League now, um, they think of an individual running the whole thing. But that's really not what it is. You can have people do tandems where they split the course in half. And like I said, you could do relays. Uh, relays and tandems aren't on air. So if you're like, I'm, I'm not, you know, physically there, I don't have the cardio, you can do anything for 15 seconds. 
And so, so, so it, the, the relay in tandem is not on, you're not hooked into air during no, that? No. You, you wear the pack on, and everything. You wear a tank. Okay. Yeah. You wear the tank and you wear all the structure gear and everything. Everything has to be uh, structure rated. The only time you ever put a mask on is when you do an individual. Notorious Fire. Such a great name. Brings me back to bumping mid-90s rap jams from the one and only Biggie Smalls. Lenny is literally the man when it comes to custom designs. Dude went to art school, like legit college for art. Just look at all his work. This guy has artwork on snowboards and even guitars. He's constantly creating new sticker designs. But more than that, he's customizing tumblers, mugs, glasses, cigar cases. Well, basically anything you can customize at this point, Notorious Fire Company will customize for you. On top of that, his IG game is on point. And occasionally, you even get to see a pic of the man behind the brand. So check him out at NotoriousFire.com or on IG at NotoriousFire. Trust me, you won't be disappointed in his work. Okay. And then what about to, just because you mentioned this, and I've been meaning to ask, but the first responder division like that your wife or the, the dispatcher is mm-hmm. doing, are they in gear or what are they wearing? Mm-hmm. Full gear. So... Um, yeah, full gear. Um, so both Mackenzie, which is our dispatcher, and my wife, Kristen, um, they both run in full gear. Um, Mackenzie's first event was Vegas, so she didn't feel confident because she never even put on an SDBA ever other than just training. She never put on a face piece, nothing. And so uh, she went up there and asked if she could do it without the face piece, do an individual, and they let her do it because it's we're trying to just grow the sport. Yeah, the, that's going to you know, grow it for it, sure. Like, or why, right. why would you why would you? It would not be a successful day if someone for their first time with an mm-hmm. SCA face piece on doing any type of challenge. Right. But then we have competitors like my wife. She went up to FDIC and said and asked him, um, there's a guy named Jimmy Johnson. And we call him Pops. He's been around you know, forever. He was a retired Austin fireman or a retired Austin chief. And so we go, Pops, and this is Kristen's first time, you know, in and uh well not in full gear but the first opportunity she has to run on air uh, we don't know if you know she wants to do that and pops look at Kristen, she and he goes you don't have to run on air and so you i could see the wheels turning in her head she goes i want to do it on air and so she ran on air and uh she's not used to how long the scott face pieces are but we got her a smaller mask and she's completed it i think three times now on air that's awesome. I mean, listen, everybody has day one, right? There, there's that option too that you do. And I would say, you know, just knowing what I know about firefighter training, you know, that if you gave someone the opportunity to just try breathing through a mask mm-hmm. and then wearing it for a, a minute or two to see that when you breathe, mm-hmm. it's coming to you that you could probably overcome that, but it's, it's just something else that you can try or not try. It's up to you. I, I love the fact that they, uh, they have this as an option now. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's like I said, they're they're always trying to, I guess, promote fitness with anyone who wants to try this. Um, just like us going down to nationals. Nationals starts on the sixth, but they have the fittest Alabama firefighter challenge on the fifth, and that's for any. That I think that's I think they said it was free for any any Alabama firefighter that wants to come down and try it because they're just trying to grow the sport. And honestly, the southeast right now probably has some of the biggest uh, representation. We have some in, in Texas and stuff like that, but really the Southeast, for some reason, that's where most of the competitors are. And so we're trying to just grow more and more and more. Uh, I, I would love to take a competition up north to, you know, in y'all's neck of the woods or out to California, but 
it's just hard to find um, departments just to just to to nibble on that bait. Yeah, it is definitely not a northeastern thing like and it really never has been you know from what i understand in the past uh they've had a few events here and they just never really took off um but then if you skip the northeast and you go to our friends in the north the the canadians they are oh god beyond anything you can Mm -hmm. imagine Oh, that they have the same type of thing up there it's called fire fit i don't think there's much as far as weights difference um but they're they're monsters. I mean, they're we met this one guy. His name is Matthew Baca. He's six seven, two seventy five, and he's built like a moose. But, but he just he just floats on that course. And he was one of the first guys to come help us out in uh, Grand Rapids during our first competition. And uh, they're just great people you can meet around the around the world that just show up to do this. Uh, last year at Worlds, and even this year at Worlds, they have the Ukrainians coming. Uh, they were there at FDIC as well. Yeah, I, uh, I think. 17, 18 countries, something like that, are registered for Worlds this year in Stewart, Florida. Is it is it a competition at World Police and Fire Games, too? Do they do some form of the challenge there? They did. Last year they did, or this year they did the Ultimate Firefighter, which is a combination of things, but they're actually bringing the challenge itself to Birmingham uh, 2025. And um, I've actually been fortunate enough to talk to their, I guess their, I call it command staff, I've been able to talk to them and uh, we're going to, I've kind of partnered with them. So we're going to try to bring a competition closer to Birmingham. Uh, it'll be in Memphis next year. is what we're working on. Um, but they're planning on having an, an actual firefighter challenge there because they have, it's just a combination for the ultimate uh, firefighter. Yeah. That's like one of the, like the ultimate firefighter is like a decathlon for firefighters almost. Mm-hmm. I think that they do yeah. moral police and fire games, right? it's more amazing too. And I think you, you definitely can speak to this better than I can, but there's so many things out there firefighters can do to make themselves healthier or fitter, you know, not just for the job, but for their life in general. And and that's what got you involved in this, right? Aside from just that talk, but there had to be something before that, that was like, we need something a little bit more here. Um, so can you, oh, how did you lead up to that? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, us as firemen, we're sitting around, we're having these great meals, putting on, I call it the freshman 15, but really for firemen, it's just fireman 20, it's that first year. Um, but everyone's trying to train and do this, that, and the other, but there's so many different ways. Like we have, we're kind of like the unofficial, we have unofficial like Spartan race team that'll go do stat, go do races, and then we have a stair climb team and then us, but there's so many different venues that you can go be, you know, an athlete to go do something that translates into you having a better, I guess, time in your career. There's not many jobs that are, that, that are like that. Um, I, I can't be an accountant and go do any sport out there. Really? I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I've never looked it up. I can't be any never, normal. Never wanted to be an accountant. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't think so. Um, but there's not really many careers that you can go compete and do something that can actually make you better at your job. Yes. Like, like the, yeah, I, yes, <laughs> I know what you're saying because you're trying to not offend other people or accountants out there. Yeah, don't yeah. offend the because, we, yeah, you, you yeah. Need for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> but it's one of those I, things. I that... done... Good. I, I just I haven't done my my re- research in those different venues. I know like line workers, they have whole competitions for those. Yeah, and uh, those those are pretty intense as well. 
I've seen a few of them out there and they're like lumberjack competitions, let's say for, for folks that do that. But again, these are things that we in the fire service, in the emergency services, you know, fire, police, EMS, whichever you're doing, our job is physical. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there's a different physicality that goes into that. So whatever you could be doing, whether it be playing pickup basketball, whether it be playing, doing Spartan races, doing uh, combat challenges, CrossFit, you name it, it's going to make you better at your job. And I think that's a huge part of trying to say, I'm doing something else that's not just playing video games or watching TV. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, at the end of the day, we all want to go back to our families. And if we could do anything that can translate as fun or competitive, that'll make us better off going home, I'm all for it, whatever it is. Yeah, and, and it's okay that they didn't know that. 30 years ago, you know, the importance yep. of this, you know, and that too, with our jobs changing, you know, the, the physicality in our job, it's always been there, but it's also different now too, where when people are off the job, they're not doing roofing every day. You know, they're not carrying right. shingles up to the roof every day, like they were 30, 40 years ago. And even now roofers are, are shooting them up with a, with a little trolley uh, on a ladder, which is, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> elevator. Not to yeah. take anything away, but taking that elevator in, but right. that's, you know, every, everything is changing. And so we have to adapt and overcome and you have to find something you like doing to make mm -hmm. that happen. Cause it's not the easiest thing getting into the gym. Oh no, absolutely not. And really the hardest part is driving to the gym. But <laughs> when you have like, like us, you have a team of people that are, that are constantly checking you to see where you're at, if you're on your way or whatever it is. It's, you know, you're, you're not alone in this journey. I do agree with you. And, and I have a gym in my garage. And even sometimes just walking out to my garage from my office by myself is not the easiest thing in the world to do because it's just going to be me. It's me on me, you know? Right, right. And I think, too, the, the social media community helps us out with that as well. And I'm sure it helps you guys out in your training because, you know, let's say you're competing against a team from Chicago that has... A social media account and you see what they're doing and you're like well those guys beat us by eight tenths of a second last time we need to do this harder than they do oh yeah for sure we all follow each other on on different social medias like st lucy or texas or any of those guys we follow them all and we see how hard they're out there pushing it and we were close or whatever the race was last time we remember it because we never forget until you know even seasons past, you still never forget, but we're always pushing, trying to push ourselves harder than anyone else out there. I mean, it's it probably the same can be said for any other competitor out there. They're always watching and doing what people are doing. And I got a little flack last year because I was posting so much on like TikTok and stuff like that. Cause they're like, what, why are you showing them how much we're working out? I said, I want to be transparent. I'm not hiding anything. I'm, everyone has the recipe to make the cake. I mean, it's not a secret. You just have to actually do it. I want to put the fear in them to show them what we're doing. But you see, I just watched uh, my my boys and I and, and Tracy just watched the documentary on HBO Max for uh, um, Sean White, the snowboarder. And it mm -hmm. covers his entire career from being a very little kid until the end. And that was a big thing that he talked about was watching other people. And especially in the twilight of his career here towards the end, mm -hmm where there were some Asian snowboarders that were just on a different level than him. And he's like, this is what I have to do. I have to be yeah. them. And being able to put that out there and see it, it's, it's helpful for anybody. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, they, they, someone might come up with a different technique um, than, than we never have even thought about. Uh, we had a company reach out to us, uh, I think from 
the UK about getting it, it, it's like our, our rescue Randy's, but it's floppy. Like it gives you 100% dead weight. There's no support at all. And I've thought about reaching out to them or trying to secure one for next season. And there's just different ways of people training just around the world that, you know, I'll sit on my phone. I probably shouldn't because my wife yells at me all the time. Um, and just do research, just trying to figure out different ways to make us better, make the, make me better, make me faster, whatever. And I mean, that's kind of how I, 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 I found hikes and I found, you know, Lakeland and all these great guys who, who are willing to help us do that. And, and look at that. You brought up a common friend of ours, just like that. And, and part of what you're doing too out there is you're reaching out for support, right? Because mm -hmm. this is not necessarily it's not free let's just put it that way to be able no. to come to these competitions and compete with your team and you're always looking for sponsorships you're always looking mm -hmm. for any way to get out there now your team is a not-for-profit or is not it's a it's a not-for-profit team okay. yeah that's we got a red we got yeah we got it registered last year um and yeah that's all like that, that we ask for as much help as we can get because it's not cheap uh you look at the red Registration just for nationals. It's one hundred twenty-five dollars a person, and then we got to pay for lodging and fuel, and you know we have to get our shifts covered or any of this kind of stuff. So I mean, it can add up. Um, but luckily, we have great, great people in our in our corner that are supporting us. Um, Hikes has been fantastic. They gave us those new boots, and holy crap, they're 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 lighter than my my regular. I call them sort boots, but they're my my special ops boots. They're they're lighter, and the the weight distribution is just like it's to the middle of your foot rather than the, the heavy toe or something like that. And they're structure rated. They're uh, I think they're they're based off of the European version um, of the same boots. But ours are just higher. They have a, a little uh, neoprene cuff that goes around your calf that keeps all the sweat and nasty crap from going in your socks. Which, you know, which so you maybe. It's structurally, it's meant to keep all the bad stuff mm -hmm. from going into your feet. Yes. But for you guys in, in the in the competition world, it keeps your socks from getting soaked from your calves, essentially. Right. Um, I have I heard some, there's a few departments out there that have the, the new boots, and they're a lot like snowboard boots. Um, and I reached out to one of them, and I was like, do they actually keep your socks wet or, you know, dry at a fire? He goes, yeah, for the most part. I mean, they're, they're pretty dry, because I know, like, us competing – uh, I mean, I come, I come up with clean socks almost every time. I just, it's insane to me. I just don't understand. It's amazing too with hikes that like the, the technology and the time they put in with them, you know, and, and to their development of these products. And and I've worked with them now for a few years and, you know, totally honored to have them as a, as a podcast sponsor. And this past FDIC, we all got to try on the new boots uh, and, and mm -hmm. very much like a snowboard boot. It's exactly what I felt like, but when you mm -hmm. walk in them, and I think back to, I want to say when I started, I did start with rubber boots that I first wore. Mm -hmm. And then I went into a pair of leathers, which was just like, you know, night and day to, oh my God, what right. is, to where they've come now with the technology of comfort and protection and weight mm -hmm. is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I like, so there, it's like a, I can't remember what they called it. It's kind of like a ratchet system type thing where you pull up two different laces. Yep. And it like secures around your foot a lot like a tennis shoe is. So you think about it like a regular structure boot, it's just flopping around, but you tighten those things up and it feels like you're, you're running in just a, a high tennis shoe. It was cool too when they, with someone, and I don't know who it was, but when they realized about how they need to keep our ankles secure in those boots mm -hmm. 
to keep it comfort level, but to keep the boots on as well. Because I remember the first ones I had were like flopping off a little bit as you were crawling. But once they mm-hmm. secured you in your ankle, they were really staying on better. And the way that this, that system works that you're talking about is the second you pull up that tension, it actually, it doesn't grab you where you think it's grabbing you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you think it's going to grab you on your calf, but it's really right. grabbing you on, on your ankle a little bit more. And once you get it down, how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, it took, took a little bit in, in FDIC mm-hmm. for us to, to get that curve. Oh yeah. We still have guys on the team that, that have competed in the boots and I'm like, you know, trim your laces and get it, get it done right. So you don't have this, that, and the other flopping around, but for, for, I mean, everyone who, who's even tried them on, even uh, McKenzie, our dispatcher and Kristen, my wife, um, both of them have never really had structure boots ever. They've seen them, but they go, these are, are these what you guys, you know, fight fire in? I said right now, no, but <laughs> we're working on that because it's, it's, they've been given the top of line stuff. They don't know any better, but I've had all different kinds of boots. And I could say, hands down, I would fight fire in those easily. That, that's one of those things too, where people are like, Oh, these are top of the line. Everybody must get these on day one. And you're like, no. yeah, it, it takes Not a few all. years to, for the, the new stuff to get to the general population. You know, if you, if you work on a mm-hmm. rescue in a department, uh, mm-hmm. you generally get the cool new stuff first. Cause you're the, you're the testers, or if you get to be the tester, yep. guy. I've been fortunate. I've been the tester guy a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time those products roll out to the entire department, it, it takes mm-hmm. a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've been fortunate to test out a few things, but I mean, not as far as gear goes, uh, but we've been, we've been great. I mean, both Zach and Shannon with, with hikes over there, they just, they, treated us great and i could i could take zach right now or call him right now and you pick up there's not many major companies out there that you can do that to you calling you get a you know automated message or leave a leave a voicemail and we'll call you back in a week when we want to yeah it, it's good to know you know zach is definitely in our corner for a lot of things and like i said i've been really fortunate to work on a few projects with him and with hikes and it just seems to always get better and better um, I do not have those structural boots that you're talking about, but I do have their latest sneaker. And even that for oh, work yeah. and for working out in, is it's just a mm-hmm. super comfy. I think it's really crazy because again, how worlds align and things like I was mm-hmm. wearing their boots and shoes as station wear prior to ever meeting Zach or them or anything. Mm-hmm. When I was talking to him initially, he's like, oh wait, you wear these? And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's all I bought because you guys make them in my size because being vertically challenged not everyone makes things in smaller folk sizes but they did um and it's just been a great relationship and i think that's a big important part especially for for a team like yours and who's supporting you you know to have Mm -hmm. that relationship back and forth oh absolutely and i've kind of pitched them a few ideas here or there just for like promo stuff um but it like I said, I could just text them about anything. I had an idea the other day. Um, so Hikes is obviously a European-based country, and they have a lot of teams they sponsor over there. They have an Austrian team, Germany, all this kind of stuff. And I said, why don't we have a U.S. team? We need a U.S. team to go over there and compete against them because I know they want to compete against us. And, I mean, I'm not saying I'm good enough to be on it, but I would love to facilitate that. And, and so I just text them out of nowhere. because that's not a terrible idea. It may take a little bit, but it's not terrible. But I think, too, yeah. people don't necessarily understand how much work goes into something like this, you know, to, mm-hmm. to forming the team, to kind of running the team, right? Which is, I guess, you right. I don't know, do you have a title? Mm-hmm. Are you the captain? Or are you the... Um, 
the so guy who I'm, runs the team is that your title yeah yeah team? basically so, so i have like my number one and my number two guys um and so i've run everything but luckily we have our our three um originals that are in the voting group of five but we, then we have our our logistics and uh financial guy that he's he manages all that kind of stuff but for like promo and all that kind of stuff i'm pretty much the point of contact with with all of all of our our supporters um and then we have the others that, that help us vote really i just have everybody just i'll take care of all the big stuff just show up compete practice you're good to go i'll take care of everything else and, and people and your teammates appreciate that because they see how much hard work you're putting in and, and all these things that you're able to do for that and i'm sure they want to participate and, and when they do it just makes it even better Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to set this up to where when I decide I can't do it anymore or won't do it anymore, because my wife and I are trying to start a family. And so when that happens, I'll be I'll be pulled different directions to where this entity can kind of float on its own. Like I, I might help it in the in the beginning stages, but I don't want our department to lose a combat team for another 20 years. Because this is just like like we've been saying the whole time. This is another avenue. For firemen who, if they want to be active and they want to go do something, this is something that they can continue to do, you know, even long past when we're gone. I would like to this, this continue just to keep on rolling because you hear a lot of teams. Um, back in the day, I used to watch, or not back in the day, but recently I've been watching a lot of videos for like from the 90s and certain teams you just don't hear of anymore. Uh, New Mexico is one of them, for instance, and they were they were huge. They had monster teams. These guys were world champions. And then now I don't, I don't know if I know any competitors from New Mexico. And so I don't want it to be like one of those again. But that's such a big thing. Like you're, you're trying to set up a legacy organization and you're already mm -hmm. realizing that look and trust, trust me, buddy, when, when you start that family, it life changes uh -huh. a lot. Right. And uh, I've heard <laughs> it's, it's both the best and worst decision I've ever made in my life, all wrapped into one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but if you're not setting this organization up, if this team up for someone else to pick up where you're going and continue this, it's not going to work. And I think that's what happens to a lot of folks. You know, they're running something and mm -hmm. not setting it up to continue as a legacy, not setting someone up else up to take the reins. And not that you're going away, but you just can't commit the time to it. And when you have that set up, that's what creates these organizations to to keep going. Yeah, I'm 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 trying to shoot for the long game. Yes, I'm trying to compete and everything like that now, but I'm really trying to think what's the best interest for Memphis firemen. Uh, last year we had a Shelby County fireman on, and now since then he started his own team. And I've helped a few area other area departments around us start teams as well. And the thing is, is I just want firemen just to be better suited to go home. You know, I, I don't want, you know, people to have heart attack in the yard after they've done a bunch of overhaul or, you know, to be 30, 40 pounds overweight. You know, if I can start them off on the right path, then they can choose for themselves, you know, what they what they want to do. And I'd, I'd like to be a huge advocate for anyone trying anything to do anything. No, I mean, you already are. Like, I follow your social media. I see it all out there. Like, you're doing it, and you're doing it just by that example alone of saying, like, someone from Shelby County came, and now they've started their own team. Uh -huh. And just promoting it to grow and grow and grow is going to just be better for everyone. Yeah, we have. So we have one group message, which is just uh, Bluff City Combat, and then I have an FC FCL training group that I have people from Germantown, Corinth, Mississippi, um, 
Shelby County, Bartlett, Carville, just like our area departments to where, hey, if you guys want to come out and practice with us any day you want, you know, I mean, come out, we'll grow this thing. And a lot of play, people come up to me at these competitions because we're we're one of the mo more vocal on social media. And they're like, how do you do this? How do you do that? This, that, and the other. How do you gain this sponsorship? And I, I was like, look, I could paint you the picture, but you had to put in the footwork. I, I will help you however I can, but you actually have to do it. And so, I mean, I've helped some people and they've, they've taken off. We have a team down in Louisiana called the Ash Clowns. Um, they've only ever competed in Pensacola on the beach. And this is their first year on the course. And I mean, I've, I've given them every, every link or, you know, any sponsorship or people that I, I think they should contact. Like whatever y'all want, whatever y'all need, you've actually put forth the effort. It's one of those things too, like you're, you're trying to help people, but you're not going to do it for them. And there are definitely right. folks out there that when they come to you for help, it turns into do this for me. Um, or they get really frustrated when, you know, if, if I, if I gave you 10 telephone numbers and only two worked, that's, uh -huh. you have to call all 10 to find out which two works for you. You know what I mean? Type oh, of yeah. thing. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing through these other people by growing it. You know, you're able to help them, but I can't run mine and run yours it's a good way to put it right oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm you know my, my team comes first as far as that goes but i'm i'm not going to hide anything from anybody if anybody has any there had somebody asked me for a, a template for an email i said i can't write it i'm not going to write an email for you i'm sorry i mean i can tell you roughly what you should say but that's it i'm not going to write it for you they literally want to take out your team name and put their team name in and ship yeah. it off there um, yeah, which like, again, no, is something either. you don't even do. It sounds like where you're just, it's always an individualized email or anything like that. You know, you, oh, yeah. there's definitely because, not a simple I mean, ride to these things. No, no. And that, that's in my opinion, that that's the biggest difference between us and some of these other people is I take the time out and I actually, you know, I, I like to put, you know, a name or face to the name, you know, not just, Hey, this is the regular email I send to everybody. Here you go. You know, I like to do do my research and if they're interested, cool. But if not, and they respond, yeah, we're not able to this, that, and the other, I make sure I respond and say, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, respond to me. Uh, I mean, maybe we could touch base later at a different date. You know, I, I'm not one who's like, oh, okay, cool. You're not helping me. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Sounds really familiar because I'm pretty sure when you reached out to me, I was like, man, there's way too much in an email for me to write back. Let's mm -hmm. just jump on a phone call. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was. I remember I was sitting at the in, in the parking lot of headquarters, and we were talking. I go, "Holy crap! I'm having a podcast with that guy today." I was like, "I gotta call you, man. I can't." And I, you know, you do that a lot. There's some people I can help out in an email if you reach out. There's other ones where I'm like, "We we have to talk about this because this is just uh -huh. and to, you know, and, and I've talked about this a lot, but there's a difference in typing something and saying something and understanding exactly because I wasn't a hundred percent even understanding what you were asking me at the time. Right. Um, and when you explained it more, it, it made more sense to me. But those are those extra things that we can do to help other people and just keep paying yeah. forward to, to try to grow this thing. And uh, when Zach had suggested you coming on the podcast, I'm like, I look in my phone real quick. <laughs> I did the same thing. Because <laughs> he didn't put your he didn't put your full name, right? And I'm like, I've talked mm -hmm. to this guy before. And I'm like, because I was mm -hmm. in my phone. And I, so I typed in like Bluff City. And I'm like, yep, I know that guy. I was like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And I'll have him jump on and talk real quick. It'll be great. Yeah. But that, that said, again, that paying it forward thing that it sounds mm -hmm. like the Bluff City team is is 100% for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and if anyone were to ever want to email me wherever they are, 
or, you know, reach out on Facebook or Instagram or any of that kind of stuff, or even TikTok. You know, usually I think me and our deciding group are all moderators on almost everything. And we always respond to whoever, whoever it is. And if we don't have an answer for you and we can get it for you, that's fine. I, 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 it, it doesn't take any effort, you know, to me to send an email or a text or whatever it is. I'm so jealous of you and TikTok. I can't, I can't do it. I've tried, man. My kids try. Dude, it's, it's, it. it's not easy. I just can't. I'm trying. And mm-hmm. We talk about it for National Fire Radio and, and for the size up here. And it's just like, oh, we got to get on there. But we still haven't. This has been months of talking. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense the way all this stuff does. Um, but it's <laughs> we've had some videos go viral for some reasons. And then some videos just not do great when I think they're going to do awesome. And I don't know the algorithm or crap. So I, I just I do the best I can. Oh, dude, that, that's what we're all out here doing. So, so it's awesome too that you kind of you wrapped up my podcast for me because we're getting into the hour the hour time frame, and I know you have another appointment to get to. But you're like, you know, anybody could reach out to me. So, where are the folks looking to reach out to you? How are they gonna they gonna find you? Um, they can reach out if they want to email me. It's uh, bluffcitycombat at gmail dot com, um, or on Facebook, we're the the Bluff City Combat Team, or Instagram, the same Bluff, the Bluff City Combat Team, or uh, on TikTok. Any of those avenues. I mean, I'm always watching my phone. I probably shouldn't, but I'm always watching my phone. If anyone ever, you know, wants to, you know, reach out or whatever it is, or they want some training tips, just reach out. I'll do what I can to help you out. It's all about, like you said, it's passing it on. That's it. There is no template though. So you're not getting the template no. from, from the Bluff City Combat Team, but they will no. give you a template for how to start and how to get into this world for sure. Some tips, mm-hmm. tricks, and hacks, as my buddy Jeremy says. So I got to sneak that one in there today. It's been a couple episodes since I, I snuck into Jeremyism. So thanks. Appreciate that. Nice. And all those, uh, the email and all the stuff will be in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, you can see it down there to, to reach out to these guys. Um, and as we do, wrapping up the size up here, every episode, we do the size up 10. So it's going to be your 10 rapid fire questions. They're not very hard. Okay. You can okay. take as much time, but we want to go fast is generally the rule, but no one goes fast. So, so uh, I'll ready. do the best I can. Yep. <laughs> if not, you, you'll be the first person to not answer though. So you'll be the first failure. You don't want to be the first version to fail. No, so. I, I won't be the first one. Uh, all right, here we go. Beach or mountains? Beach. Night out or night in? night out a good book or a good movie movie cross-country road trip who's your co-pilot gonna be even though she sleeps through the entire time it'll be my wife <laughs> it's so funny so many people pick their spouse but there's always some kind of a something in mm-hmm. there like she just sleeps the whole time and i drive yeah i know much. how that goes i have three sleepers mm-hmm now so it's me and three people sleeping and me driving nice. do you make your bed every day no a million dollars right now that we don't have or you go back to 18 years old with a redo mm, i like my life so i'm I'm gonna have to keep a million dollars all right the, the check's in the mail buddy sweet highway or back roads back roads love it bucket list place to visit um ireland oh nice very nice it's on my list all right this is the big one football or football american football (laughs) go america right there all right last one man best advice you could give to your younger self 
Don't stop progressing. Don't get complacent. I like that. I like that one, right? Because we we do. We all get complacent. We all stop progressing. And when you realize it, you're like, I got to keep going. And it can be the simplest thing. But it's that realization that you have stopped doing it that you have to remind yourself of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you've got to get back up and keep keep going. I mean, you can't sit there and and squabble about you know or cry about things. You just got to keep going. Yeah, and 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 too, you know, I think we all look for when we talk about something like that. You know, with complacency or with progressing, you know, we all look for these grand things. You know, mm-hmm. but it's just like for you on on the challenge team, a tenth of a second could set you over the person you're competing against. So all it takes is one extra step. Ooh, I like, that may be the name of this one. One extra step. Actually, <laughs> I, I try to always grab something. My guests say is to name this one. And I think that just, mm-hmm. that just happened right there at the end. So it worked out good. Sweet, Mike, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on the size up by national fire radio. Everybody out there, make sure you check out the Bluff City Combat Team. Even if you're not interested in competing in any type of firefighter challenge, just check these guys out because they, they're really inspirational to watch them on social media and see what they're doing. And who knows, maybe they will inspire you to get out there and compete or get out there and, and push a little bit harder or, or take that extra step. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, no worries. And thanks to all the sponsors, especially our friends at Hikes, uh, all their help with the Bluff City Combat Team uh, supporting the Size Up by National Fire Radio and, and all the competitor they, competitors mm-hmm. they support. You know, another great social media page. See a lot of things out of Europe that are very different than what we do here. Oh, yeah. But it's still something that you can learn from. So make sure to check out Hikes as well. And as we wrap up here, this is Pip from the Size Up by National Fire Radio. We'll catch you guys next time.